This is CliffCentral.com. Youth Leadership Platform. Here's a powerful thing. I mean, it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. I have agreed. Multiplying leadership, moving society, the millennial way. You don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. Take control. Take control of your city. This is the instrument of your liberation. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Identify yourself to the world. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform. And as you already know, I go by the name of Bongani Dao at Simply Bongani across all social media platforms. So tonight it's very, very exciting because we're coming to you live from the Sunday Times generation next. Uh, well, the conference was in the morning and the awards come shortly after this. But we normally do this and... It's, it's become a norm. Obviously, it's the youth leadership platform. We bring you the b- brightest. We bring you the most robust and the most talented people on the show. Um, today's guest is also someone like that. Um, our focus for, I guess, the series is people within the fashion, crafts, art industry. And today's guest as well runs two businesses with a full-time job. And yeah... Yeah, think about that <laughs> for a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling running one business. She's running two businesses and a full-time job. She's in jewelry and interior design, and she's none other than Mputeng. Mputeng, welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome, awesome. So let's, let's start at the beginning, foundations. Um, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Oh, born and bred in Lesotho, Maseru, um, to be more specific. Um, and then I moved to obviously Cape Town to study uh, well for university. What did you study? Marketing. Studied marketing. Oh really? Um, and geez, how that happened is my high school teacher was the one who said you either have to go into public relations or marketing because really? I had no idea what I wanted to do. Okay. But because I'm such um, an outspoken person, I'm out there. Yes, yes. Um, he sported that because I really well, I didn't really struggle with maths and physics, but I didn't enjoy it. Okay. And I think he picked it up. So yeah, thanks to him, Mr. White. <laughs> Mr. White. How's how's that been so far though? It's been amazing. Um, it's really, really been amazing. Um, I'm enjoying the journey. Um, yeah, so I have what? been in advertising for, what, 16 years? Sheesh. Um, okay. But I have been running my jewelry business and interior decor business yeah. since 2012. Yeah, so it's been, it's been good. Interesting. It's been uphill, but yeah. In- interesting. Uh, we, we're going to get into that. And yeah. I know some, some things from an entrepreneurial point of view, obviously, um, to, to draw a lot of, uh, I guess, knowledge and, and wisdom from you, um, from doing this for as long as you've done it. But what were some of your aspirations growing up as a young girl in Masir? Did you move immediately to... Cape Town. To Cape Town? Correct, yeah. So immediately after high school, I moved to, to Cape Town. So you, you grew up in Masir? Yes. What, what was that like? Absolutely amazing. Um, what are some of your hum- fondest memories from then? 
fondest memories, um, obviously my high school friends, yeah. how, um, how strict our high school was and the foundation that we got from our high school, um, the principles that um, were instilled in us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just being a proud Musutu girl was <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. moving to Cape Town was overwhelming. I mean, I, I remember I could not deal with the lights. Yeah, there were yeah, just yeah. <laughs> too many lights because Masuri is a small town. So um, yeah, but, but I, I adjusted, I adjusted. Yeah. So a bit, a bit of YLP trivia. If you, when, when you look at your past, yeah. what does it smell like? My past smells like roses. Okay. Mm. Take us through that. Um, look, I won't say I really struggled. Um, I grew up in a household of two kids, which is me and my little brother, yeah. Shudigane, and obviously a mother and a father. Um, I don't know if I should say I went to... Yeah, I went to Lusitwai School, which is a good school in Maseru. Yeah. Um, went to Ikezete in private school, um, in primary, and then I moved to Cape Town. So, what yeah, it, I, I never really... What, what does it sound like? What? Your past. My past... Do you want, you want to know what it sounds like? Yeah. Um, bees... Um, at work. Bees at work. Okay, <laughs> yeah. elaborate on that. Um, I had a very strict um, mother who instilled, um, you know, the, the notion of hard work in us. All right. Um, so, yes, we had a help at home, but we all had our chores. And I think that instilled the principle of being a hard worker okay. later on in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's what it was. What does it taste like, lastly? It tastes like papalamurroli now, my curry. Okay, was 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 that the the family tradition or you know the go to meal? I guess on that special occasion. Or? Not really. Okay. So, um, my history, my history is very rich. My mother is Tosa. Okay. Um, so yes, church is Tosa properly. Then my father is Musutu, hence the name Putsang Leventel. This is Tukisbua Hanche, Joloka Musutu, Manana Musutu. Yes. So, um, yeah, I come from that family that had, you know, that cross pollination, if I can call it that, of yeah, culture. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I was a joke in high school because my mother never used to speak. Sesotho, strange enough to us, we spoke Kosa. Oh, really? Even though we were in Lesotho. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when my friends used to visit my home, she would speak Kosa to us, and I mean they would give us that funny look. Yeah, yeah. But that actually later on helped me when I moved to Cape Town, oh, which is okay. a predominantly Kosa um, um, city. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I just I just gelled nicely um, with the people in Cape Town. Yeah. So now. Let's get into the marketing um, aspect of it, right? Mm. But before we do that, yeah. you attended the conference, yes. uh, Digital Marketing or Marketing to, to Millennials. Mm. What are some of the key points that uh, were raised there that you felt that, oh, okay, I needed to hear this. Mm. Oh, this is, this is exciting. Oh, this is, you know, I learned. What, what, what were some of your key lessons from it? You know what resonated with me um, this morning, from the, from the conference this morning, um, was when they said, as a parent, because I'm also a parent to a nine-year-old, my son is somewhere here. Okay. Um, they said, if you as a parent, you're not emotionally available. Oh, yes. Um, then your child is going to find something that's going to keep them um, busy. Yeah. And yeah, there are, yeah. there's technology out there. He's very much into technology. I mean, my phones have these apps 
Um, so it's very important for you as a parent to be there emotionally for, for your children. But what I also loved is the youth telling marketers that don't talk at us. Talk, talk to us. Yes, yeah. And if yes. you want information about us, ask come, us. Yeah, yes. ask us. Yeah. And I felt like, hey, they're playing on my name because my name is Mputeng. So. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. is tell me. Yeah. 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 Tell me in Sipedi, but ask me in Sesotho. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, and when you, when you think about it, the, that, that emotional uh, disconnect in a lot of black families, it's, it's very dominant where kids cannot communicate with their parents. And by so doing, they rely on their friends for advice. They rely on their friends literally for anything and everything. And parents end up not knowing what's going on in the kid's life. And knowing friends, it's blind leading the blind. And one thing leads to the other. And, you know, when, when one is lost, all of them essentially are. What, what would you say to that? So it's unbelievable that you actually asked me this question. Because <laughs> on my way to drop off my child, um, I remember I was at the stop side and I was like, the way I have such a, uh, an amazing bond with my son, yeah. I cannot imagine why any parent cannot be so close um, to their children. Yeah. I mean, we listen to the same music. We listen to oh, really? C, we listen to MT. Um, That's interesting. I've, I've told him to... to See, I'm a very free spirit, so okay. I've allowed him to, to tell me everything. And I always tell him, you need to talk to me before you go talk to your friends. Sure. So, yeah, it's, it's funny that you would ask me that question because that's exactly what I was thinking this morning, that I don't understand how any parent cannot be very close to their child. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah I'm very close to my child. Because I feel a lot of, like, capitalism is, is capitalizing on that, right? Um, they've noticed that there's this emotional gap, especially in, 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 in black families. Mm. Granted, uh, a painful past and what's happened. Mm. And, you know, our, our inability as well to communicate within the family settings. I mean, um, obviously coming from a patriarchy point of view where, you know, you're not supposed to say certain things. When you're a kid, you're a kid. That's it, mm. right? And marketers, they, they, they play on that. They give the children, they fill that gap. So come and be part of this great thing that we've created and you will, you know, you'll be part of a bigger society. They'll feel that need to be needed, to belong in, 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 into something. And what it proves to be is it's, it's, it's very degenerate. Like it, it, it leads to a lot of degenerate young people because right. in whatever they've created that they end up belonging to, then... It's, 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 it's frivolous it's stuff that's made up that's created mm. it's not lasting mm. and it's not connecting families Absolutely. so do you think that as a mother it, this conscious decision that you, take, you, you took to say my child I'm going to be close to you you're going to be open to me is you trying to address that uh, absolutely um, and again I, I just love your questions because my child he's what he's nine years old and he's at that age where he wants to be cool at school, where yeah. he wants to be that cool child that's recognized. I mean, he lied to his friends and said he got a tracksuit from Chris Bra. Because, <laughs> because I'm in this industry, his friends automatically um, <laughs> believed it. And I told him that, you know, you cannot carry on lying to your friends because 
life is not about that. Your friends yeah. need to accept you the way you are. Yes, for who you are. And yeah, for who you are. And you actually going to forget all these lies yeah. at some point. Yeah. And they are going to catch up with you. And if you start now, this is a pattern that you're creating for yourself sure. later on in life. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean marketers play on that, but also kids have, you know there's something called pester power, okay. which is um obviously kids have an influence on the buying decisions in in, in the, the home, home. Yes, correct yes, yeah so yes. my child sees a lot of adverts which clearly proves that advertising still works <laughs> and he would say mom let's buy this let's yes. buy this cereal let's buy this toothpaste because sure, I want my sure, teeth to be sure. whiter um, <laughs> can you buy a portion I'm like hell no I can't afford it um, yeah so yeah there is pistol power there. so now in in studying marketing you you move into you know your professional life you start you start practicing that yeah when do you decide to start a business and and which came first between the jewelry business and the interiors uh, business so the jewelry start which is, yeah the jewelry was the first one and this is how it happened when i lived in cape town I used to be a tenant um, at a lady's house called Zelma Smith. Okay. So she used to make jewelry. Okay. Um, but I was a tenant that lived in her in her own house. Oh yes. So on Saturdays, um, she used to go to the beach shop um, with her daughters, three daughters, and I used to tag along because okay. I was like one of her daughters. I was the fourth sure, daughter. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and then obviously after buying the beads, we'd get home, and then she'd start making jewelry. So I just used to watch. I never used to make the jewelry. But I think a year later, when I moved out to um, my own place, I had nothing to do on Saturdays. Okay. Then I started making jewelry. I started experimenting. Sure. Um, and yeah, my business has really grown. I've been doing this now for yeah, for, for sure, for a lot of years. <laughs> and if I may add that on Saturday, I'm showcasing at a fashion show in at the Rand is no, not Rand sorry, Nasrec. Expo Center. Okay. So my jewelry brand is Makamo because okay. my son's name is Kamo. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So my mother, the mother brand is Makamo. So even for interiors, yeah, it's yeah. Makamo Interiors, mm-hmm. and then jewelry is Makamo Interiors. Let's talk a bit about the politics of the interior industry um, itself. Uh, where you look at, uh, okay, I won't mention specific uh, publications, but you know those interior publications that are being. <laughs> Produced in South Africa, how they 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 publish a lot of white people. Oh, and I was about to say. Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad you said it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, we we have to be transparent about what's going on in the country. That's the only way mm. we can be able to hold leaders accountable. That's the only way transformation can happen. Yeah. So, as a black lady mm. with this business, what mm. are some of the pain points you have? You know, especially surrounding that issue. Look. I think I was talking to a fellow interior decorator and I said, it would be interesting if we could count five powerful black interior decorators that are recognizable, that are in those publications. I mean, we could not even get to five. There's only like two um, that we know, uh, that we know. And I, uh, yeah, I don't want to mention their name, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 like the industry that I was in. It's still very much um, advertising and marketing. Yeah, That's, it's it's not transformed, and it's and I've been in it for what it's not, sixteen years. It's not years a secret now. anymore. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it's not. It's yeah. not. Yeah. But now, how how do you how do you manage to push past that? I mean, running a business, you have to be profitable, right? But if there's you know stuff like this at political play um, for for business. 
it hinders a lot of your progress. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how do you manage to push past it? Look, um, I think it's uh, being persistent and okay. knowing what you want and um, just um, maximizing on the clients that you have. Sure. Um, I mean, I've kept most of my clients and that's how I'm, I'm surviving. Oh, okay. Um, but what I've also learned is that word of mouth um, has, has worked for me. Sure. And um, just random people seeing my products and they'll ask others and yeah, that's, that's how I get business. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then when you, when, when you look at the full scope of, of what's going on, right, around the country in, in the business space, right, um, there's, there's, there's so many pain points. There's some initiatives that the government obviously is trying to put in place. So if you were sitting in front of people in power that could initiate change what would you say to them what what yeah what would you ask from them so from a business I, stance I, from an entrepreneurial I love, stance i love what you're saying yeah because again from this morning's conference um i can't recall who who the speaker was but they said in all these businesses and marketers they need to get young people um um, in, in the companies if they really actually are targeting um, you, you know the young people yes, yes. so you can't be 50 and try to do <laughs> advertising for, for millennials yeah when you have 10, not immersed 12. yourself yeah. in, in their lives so if you want to get real insights get the young people on board hmm. so um, yeah I, f- I found that very very so from a leadership point of view they need to include oh yeah a lot of young people absolutely. within those structures absolutely okay yeah well, what else would you would you want to ask um, that will make your life easier as an entrepreneur jeez um, I think if, if government can introduce business studies okay um, to, to students because um, interestingly enough um, I was at the expo on Saturday and I had a 16-year-old who came and inquired and said, how has it been running your business? And I, I literally just unpacked everything for him. And he said, I'm very clear that I don't want to work for anybody. Sure. I want to own my own business. Sure. Um, and I said, no, I, I get you, but unfortunately, you need to start somewhere. Yes. You need to learn from a fellow business person how things are done or how the business is run. Yes. And he was like, yeah, I hear you, but can you rather recommend a book that I can read? Oh, because um, okay. I'm really, really not about that life. So millennials are, yeah, they are, they are driven. They they don't want to hear anything. Very innovative. About, as oh, well. yeah, very innovative. Yeah. But I mean, you think about it. Education now is being is becoming a thing of if you can get it online, why do you have to pay 300k, 400k a year? Especially if you can't afford that. Mm. But if you can go online and get lessons on that, and you can read books on that particular uh, project. But I mean, obviously, when it comes to specialization, then it's a different uh, ball game altogether. You can't be a doctor off of just yeah, just I was textbooks. About to say, yeah, yeah it's, it's not for everyone. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you do need um, a warm body in front of you that you can ask questions. Because um, online, sometimes I think I feel like it's like talking to a robot, and you can't ask questions back. Unless you're talking to Siri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that show is coming up, by the way. <laughs> Just by <Yeah>. the way. <laughs> Biggest lessons you've learned from running two businesses? Hmm. No, no one will ever give the business the attention that you do. The passion that you have for your business, no one else will ever do that for, for it. Okay. And 
hard work pays. I really? Mean, I, I really does it? Oh yeah. I, but I know a lot of black people that work hard, or just people in general as well, that work really hard, mm. but don't have anything monetarily um, speaking to show. <laughs> okay, I hope I'm not those. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, uh, interesting enough. There was a point where we drive past like places like Santin, Houghton, yeah, and you know, teachers from high school and just. You know, back in primary school as well, even they'll tell you you need a degree to be able to live in a house That's like this. So true. Fast forward That's to so 2018, unemployment, youth unemployment rates yeah. is at a staggering 50 percent, mm. right? Plus mm. minus, give or take. Mm. And there's people with degrees, masters, doctorates, yeah. even at traffic lights, mm. who are asking for jobs. Mm. So it's like, now what does it take at this point in time in our lives? To actually what? earn, to actually live. I think it's that whole thing of being indoctrinated to look for a job and okay. not start your own business. Um, because, yes, we, 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 we all want to make money. Yeah. But people would sit at home with a degree. You've started marketing. You've done everything. Um, but the minute you get your degree, you'd rather sit at home and not even start a little business because you've been taught you need to work um, for a certain company or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's that whole thing of us being taught that you need to get a job. You need to, um, yeah, I mean, so we, a good so we example. need to talk the youth out of that then? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good example. I won't mention the, the musician's name, but yeah, this yeah. guy is a good example of Working hard and dreaming big. Okay, let's just cuss in your face. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he's just one of those guys who would say, "In two years' time, I'm gonna achieve this," and he would achieve it. Sure, sure. Um, in a year's time, I'm gonna get this, and he would do it. Sure. So I feel like he's such a big ambassador for for young kids okay and a good role model as well okay um yeah yeah that's that's just my i'm yeah i'm just saying from a distance i mean as well you, you think about entrepreneurship they they always say okay if you can't find a job start a business yes but then all the red tape then that's keeping black people out of you know playing the game so because i mean someone that's coming from somewhere in you know, the furthest parts of Soweto or the East Rand or mm. whatever the case is. You know, that whole three taxi thing mm. where they're going to get sent back mm. over and over again. They're going to be asked to fix things, to, you know, do all these digital things that yeah. require data, require money. Mm. But they don't have that to yeah. begin with. But so, they still want to start a business. They still yeah. want to be proactive and, and, and take charge of their lives. Mm. So, and then, you know, a lot of them, especially some of them that I know, then end up quitting and, you know, resort to other stuff I as know, coping mechanisms. So let me tell you about my story. Sure. I did not, I did not get funding from anyone okay. to start my jewelry business. Okay. I started small. Um, what is starting small? So starting small is, I used to make jewelry for myself. Okay. And people would say, oh, I love that. Where did you buy the necklace? And I said, no, no, I made it. And then I would make it for them. Um, obviously put a mock-up. Um, <laughs> and they would tell the next person and 
what has helped me a lot as well is just posting stuff on social media. Okay. Um, to say whoever your jewelry is ready and da da da, and more people would see that, and that's how. Um, and be like, it, oh, yes. oh, so you do yeah. jewelry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's that's that. Yeah, I make everything myself. I'm up every day from three until six. Three a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. That's my creative hour. Wow. And then even in at university, talk about hard work. Yeah, yeah. Even at university, that's when I used to study because. Everybody would be fast asleep. It would be quiet. It would be just beautiful and peaceful. And that's when I would study and get the best results. So I also find that now, because I have a son, um, that's the that's that's my creative hour. That's a quiet time that I can actually get things done. Sure. Um, yeah. And you know when they say when you're passionate about something, you don't get tired. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I. I my body clock wakes me up and says, it's time to go make jewelry. It's time to make new pieces. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah. Is there such a thing as work-life balance? It, it, yeah, definitely. So, how do you balance being a mom, running two businesses, and being in a nine-to-five? Bona. I go out. I party. That's how I do stress. <laughs> <laughs> I party. And people don't know that's how I do stress. So, um, and some people don't know that I'm up every day from three to Six working, yeah, because they see me out a lot. Oh, okay. um, yeah, but you've already done the work. So, yeah, so, so you're that kid in class where you you get everyone to be naughty and things, but when it comes exam time, you're the one passing, and they're like, "But we were doing all this naughty stuff together." So, it's, when did you study? It's interesting that you'd say that um, because in university I was exactly like that. Really? Um, so, university Mondays to Thursdays. I I never used to play around. I would go to class, well, yeah, lectures. So after every lecture, I would book a cubicle in the library and I would just go through everything that was done. So that was Monday to Thursday. Friday, hi, Baba Beziwa. Friday, <laughs> Saturday. And then Sunday, I would be back. Um, so I used to visit my friends okay. um, out of campus. Um, Friday, Saturday, but Sunday. So yeah, I I learned to discipline myself because okay. remember I was from very far from Maseru. I was in Cape Town, and I mean I had nobody to rely on but me. Sure. So I had to discipline myself. I knew what I was there for. I knew that I had to finish my degree at record time, and um, yeah, and I did exactly that. So hmm. yeah. So lastly, um, looking. At a 16-year-old, or any of the kids, really, that are in the crowd right now, mm. who are in high school, they have no idea what life has for them after high school. What would you say to yourself in the crowd? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a very tough question. I'll tell you why. Because uh, these kids are growing in a different era. Okay. Um, compared to, to mine. Okay. Um, I didn't have technology at the tip of my fingers sure, when sure. I was growing up. They have access to everything. I mean, I think the best that I had was a TV game back then. Okay. Um, I, I just feel that too much of this access to the internet could... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's good enough for them. Um, maybe it is good if it's used productively. Okay. Um, yeah, Jeez, I don't know. yeah. So they should watch for the dangers of the internet. Oh yeah, there's there's serious dangers out there. Yeah. Hence, I I monitor everything that my child does. Okay. Yeah. So what are your parting words? My parting words. Is Motivate us. 
<laughs> Give us the signal, Mama. <laughs> Give us the signal, Mama. <laughs> My parting words are um, never give up um, on your dreams. Um, interior deco has been my love since I think from the age of 13 okay. but I never knew I could make money out of it okay. um, so tap into your inner self I don't know how to say that to, to a child but I know that my son loves music I know he loves hip hop I know he loves so the day he decides he wants to go into the music industry I'm not going to stop him because I can see this is a passion that he has from, from, from such a young age um, so yeah tap into your inner self um, I know we've all been taught to look for jobs stay a job and have the comfort of um, a job security but I think your talent and your passion is bigger than that well, thank you so much uh, for, for being on the Youth Vision platform. It has been a pleasure to, to host you on, on, on the show. Thank um, you so Looking me. forward, obviously, to seeing your, more of your work, right? Yes, and yes, we'll yes. probably pop by and, and, and come and check your collection at uh, the Fashion Week that's, that's, that's going to be going on. Uh, for our listeners on the Youth Vision platform, as per usual, at Simply Bongani across all social media platforms, Tell us what you like, what you don't like, who you want us to have next on the show. From us and the beautiful 9 to 5 plus 2 businesses and mom. <laughs> it's a good day and God bless. This is CliffCentral.com.